0: We're joined now by Scott Sharp for our Monday afternoon storm recovery It's a big one, but we've got to look at that for the garden, don't we? We certainly should, Dave, because most people's gardens are in a total mess
1: So there are some things you can do to try and, you know, prop your trees up and get them going again But on a lighter note, look, we'll also talk about dividing perennials There's a variety of uh, shows coming on this weekend And
0: uh, preparing beds for new roses Just for you right now, Werner's here with us Werner, how can we help you today? Hey, Scott, how are you going? Pretty well Mate, uh, we got blasted. We're up the hill here at uh, Glendale, just off Reservoir Road. Yes. Now, a lot of my bottle brush tree got damaged and my New Zealand uh, Christmas tree got damaged.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, how severe do I cut them back or what do I do?
1: Yeah, look, uh, with the uh, bottle brush, uh, you can cut them back very, very hard. Uh, bottle brush in my backyard, it uh, moved a little bit and tipped over our back clip lock fence. So uh, we were up fixing that on Saturday morning, but all's well. Uh, so look, with a bottle brush, you can prune them back very, very hard. Uh, you know, if, if, Even if it's a large tree, you could prune that tree back to head height or even less, and I've seen them spring back from that. But what you really want to do is just try and reduce the weight on the side that, you know, the wind was coming, uh, you know, the, wind, uh, the opposite side from where, from where the wind was coming from, so that you can try and tip it back a little bit, uh, back into the position that it was originally. Uh, with the New Zealand Christmas bush, you can prune those back fairly heavily as well. I wouldn't prune them back as hard as the bottle, bottle brush, uh, though, Werner. Um, just, you know, more of a light trim, uh, trying to reduce the weight on the side that it's tipped towards.
0: Uh, okay. No, it, it, they didn't tip. It's just all the branches just went everywhere.
1: Oh, okay. So they've just been broken, and yeah, yeah. Look, you can you can prune those again quite heavily, especially the bottle brush uh, Try and make it a nice shape as well when you're doing it. Don't just you know sort of hack at it and cut a few limbs out uh, that are broken. Try and reshape the whole plant uh, so that when it starts to grow back, it, it grows back in a nice, even fashion. And then
0: when it grows, I mean, we'll be away for about two months. Uh, from August, yeah now, if the new shoots come on do well what do I do? Just let it go the way
1: it is. Yeah, look, that, that's what you do. So you're shaping it now. So when those new shoots come on, uh, they'll come back in a nice, you know, nice even fashion for you. Uh, when you come back from, uh, where you've been away, you can still th- then go back over it with the shears if you want to. If any, you know, rogue shoots have gone up there and gone a bit out of control for you, you can just give it a nice light trim back and, and keep it in shape again for the spring months and that uh, growth season that it gets.
0: And Wendy's with us for you now, Scott.
1: Hey, Wendy, we believe you've got dirt on your front lawn. Yes, it's-
2: Piles, little piles of, of dirt? Are they earthworms
1: or something? Yeah, look, they usually are earthworms, and that's a good thing for your lawn. What's happened is we've had so much rain that those poor little earthworms haven't had anywhere nice and dry to live, so they've been coming up further and further, and they just send their, their frass and they're digging around in there, and that comes up to the top of the soil and uh, makes those little mounds for you. So, look, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing uh, when your lawn's are uh, full of earthworms because it's getting aerated. Uh, they're uh, putting their... Uh, they they poo in there and then that's fertilising your lawn. The uh, roots are getting aerated. It's all a good thing for your lawn. Oh right. Yeah. So don't be concerned about that. What you'll find is once the uh, the rain's gone away, uh, we hope uh, that they'll just go back down a little bit deeper to onto their normal uh, into their normal uh, sort of homes and they'll just go around there and the uh, the little mounds won't come come back up to the uh, top of the soil for you. Oh
2: good. I, I thought maybe I should you know feed the lawn or do something with it, but no.
1: No, all's good. They're actually feeding the lawn for you.
2: (laughs) Scott, I've had scale on a camellia tree. Yes. And all the leaves have been falling off. I have sprayed it many times. Mm -hmm. And then someone has said to me, well, it's lacking in something. Feed it. Give it, put some manure around the bottom of it and that be a good idea?
1: Look, that that, that is only going to help make an all-round healthy plant for you. Have you had that very fine little scale all over the leaves, have you? Yes,
2: the leaves have just been falling off everywhere.
1: Look, that is a very very difficult scale to get rid of. Uh, Have you got a japonica, one of the large leaf uh, uh, communities? No, no,
2: I haven't got japonica, it's one of the other, the bigger Yes.
1: Yes, but it is a very very difficult scale to get rid of. What have you been using to spray for it?
2: Oh, whatever I got, I bought bought from you, I can't (laughs)
1: <laughs> so we, we would normally recommend anti scale which is one that you mix up in water and spray yourself.
2: Yes, yes. Um, I, I had to get up on the ladder to do
1: it, but never mind. <laughs> good, good. Uh, you're down safely. That's the main thing. With, with the camellias, when it gets that very fine scale all over, it's almost like a little louse scale, It, it. you really need to be you know, drenching the plant every couple of weeks all over the top of the leaves and trying to mist in underneath as well, unfortunately. And, and keep,
2: still keep on doing it? But it's
1: not going to hurt even going into the... No, it, de- it definitely won't. I would fertilise it, though. It's only going to help uh, for a healthy plant. I would say keep on watering it, but we've had enough water at the moment. The water table will. Right. Up, and because your, your earthworms are up to the top of the surface We know how high the water table is
2: <laughs> it, it looks funny, all these little poles <laughs> out in the
1: front <laughs> yeah, Don't be worried about that Keep on spraying the camellia You need to you know, really work at it to get rid of that little is fine scar right Thank, to get rid thank of. you, Scott Thank you, Wendy, appreciate thank it you. And we've got Melita with us now from Ashton Field Melita, how are you going?
3: Hello, good,
1: thank you You high and dry up there? or? Um, yeah,
3: actually I'm in Noborglass
1: and not Ashton Field oh, okay. <laughs>
3: Almost <laughs> here um, On top of a hill, so it's good.
1: Excellent. How can we help you?
3: I've got a camphor laurel tree in the backyard. Oh, yes. um, And I've just realised how big it grows. Oh, yes. Well, I have the room for it to grow, but I'm concerned about the roots. So they're going to um, interfere with the house and foundations and the swimming pool, that sort of thing.
1: A camphoral is a massive, massive tree. They get uh, quite a very large trunk on them as well. Uh, many, you know, they can get many metres wide, I've, I've seen them. They also get almost a buttress root system that comes out. They can do a lot of damage. Uh look the other thing about uh camp laurels is that they seed very easily and they spread around. In some parts or, yeah, in some parts of New South Wales they are a noxious weed. If you head up the north coast at a certain time of year you'll just see how many camp laurels there are Through our native uh our native forest. They really have spread quite badly there and they will spread around here in Newcastle uh in the urban okay. in the urban area. I don't believe they're a noxious weed uh in Maitland and Newcastle City Councils, but uh Oh, it's a sort of plant that, uh, even if they were 50 metres away from your house, I would still be inclined to get rid of it, uh, because it is a very large and destructive tree, its root system will spread out, uh, and it will do damage to houses and pavers and things like that. If it's not that big now, how big is it now? Um, it would be 20
3: foot now.
1: So it's, it's probably the time to get rid of it now. I
3: <laughs> uh, think so, yes. Because
1: it will be much bigger. It will be 20 metres uh, if you let that plant go, and it will be two metres across in its trunk. So it's, it's a plant that will do you know, quite a lot of damage. If you've got the opportunity to get rid of it now, I, I would probably do that.
2: Yeah,
1: okay. Okay. Thank you very There's much. Much better plants to plant out, in Melita, uh, if you're looking for shade, uh, much more appropriate plants. Uh, I, I'd, I'd con- seriously consider getting rid of that plant out of yard.
3: I definitely will. That's why I've called you just to confirm. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you, Melita. Bye.
0: And, Scott, now we've got Victor with us from Nelson Bay. Victor, how can we help you? Oh, yes, I have um, half a dozen or so Christmas bush, the traditional Australian Christmas bush, which are getting rather tall and... And, uh, and I guess all the, the nice flowering is on the top, which is hard to get to now. I'm just wondering if I can just cut those back and uh, without causing too much angst to the tree. Oh,
1: you, pro- you probably will stress the poor tree out. Uh, they, they're a, they are a native. They don't like being pruned back uh, that heavily. Uh right. look, that, that, said, I, that said, I have seen people you know, just go in or, you know, all guns blazing and lop them, and they've come back but generally right. I would say they're a quite a touchy tree. Uh, if you were going yeah. to prune them, I would do them only by about a third just to try and reduce that size. Once you start getting into yeah. the hardwood of a plant like that, uh, they, that's when they start to you know, get unhappy and, and die on you and you'll get rot and you know, a disease going into that area. So if you okay. can, just give it a, a nice, you know, gentle prune back, perhaps a third of it. Uh, be sure to get a product called SteriPrune. Prune. It's a tar-based paint that you can actually go and paint over the, uh, any nicks and cuts That you've put into the, into the plant Those pruning areas And it seals yeah. it up for you uh, oh, good. Yeah. Now's probably the time to do it as well Before you get to that flowering yeah. period uh, You're also in the perfect spot for them I know they're almost a, a pest up there You get so many of them growing <laughs> But uh, you can't, gr- you yeah, can't yeah. grow them in Merriweather I can assure you of that <laughs> That's a very difficult place uh, to, uh, to grow them no, yeah. They're uh,
0: fabulous up there when they're in flower just, They're just so beautiful so, All right. So Thank you so much for that I uh, appreciate your it. advice. Thank you very much Victor Okay, Bye. David joins us from Nelson Bay.
3: Hi, David. Uh, we... Good morning Scott How can we help you mate? Uh, I wonder if you can I have a frangipani It's about 20 years old And over the last 12 months It's been um, developing little white uh, fungus like spots About the size of a 20 cent coin Yes The consequences of that are The limbs are slowly withering and dying mm. And I'm sort of cutting them off But this thing keeps attacking it I'm just wondering a, if you could identify what the problem is And be how you would suggest I treat it.
1: Yeah, David, it's, it's almost like a lichen that grows on there, isn't it? And Correct. The, and then it, it almost, you know, the plant, does, the bark just starts to wither and go bad in that spot. Correct. You do need to use a fungicide on that. Have you got any fungicides at home?
3: No, I doubt you, it very much.
1: You, there's a product called uh, either Mancozeb Plus or Copper Oxychloride and if you mix those up, uh, they're just a powder you mix them up with water and you can spray that all up and down the limbs of the plant. Alright. So, And the copper will actually dry on there and form a protective coating for you. If, right. it's, if it's quite a bad case, you know, it's not you know, something you're going to have to do once, you probably have to do it a couple of times especially once it gets humid again Right. but that's certainly something you can do, start up at the top of the tree and just let it run all the way down the trunks and form that protective coating. You, what you'll find is that, uh, that, that fungus will just start to peel away after a little while and, right. and the plant will you know, be a lot healthier. Uh, feed the plant as well, uh, some cow manure around the drip line of the plant, that's only going to help make it a healthier plant and uh, the, the other funny thing about frangies when you prune them as well they, they grow back in a funny sort of way don't they, they get a, a, a water shoot that sort of comes out a little bit like a, almost a finger or a thumb coming up yeah, and, yeah. And it looks a bit odd but look if you've been having to prune it that's, that's all you can do, uh, if you've got any uh, open you know gaping areas in the bark or in the ends of uh, prunings that you've made, uh, pour, you know try and drench down in that area with the copper and uh, try and clean up that right. plant.
3: So mangasem plus or what was the copper yeah, compound?
1: Copper oxychloride, if you just go into a you know a garden centre and ask for a copper spray. They'll they'll give you copper oxychloride. It's a, it's a very uh, common uh, common spray to use on funguses.
3: Fantastic, Scott. You've been most helpful. Thank you very much. Appreciate
1: it David. Thank, Thank you. you.
0: Bye. Now, Scott, storm recovery. How does a storm like last week affect An impact on our plants in our gardens?
1: What it really does, Dave, is, is it, it brings down trees. Obviously, we've seen so many large trees coming down. It uh, breaks limbs off trees. The, the gum trees have been coming down, uh, you know, left, right, and centre. We've seen limbs breaking off those. We've seen much larger trees, like the the, the uh, fig trees in uh, Layman Street. About three of those came down, and uh, another one in Council Street as well. I saw. Uh, that's unfortunate. Uh but so, otherwise in your garden though there are things you can do now if the plants you know if your plants have come down uh you've got big limbs hanging around if you feel in any way unsure about it get someone in to do the job for you someone who's qualified uh knows how to to climb the trees they're fully insured get someone to do that for you don't go scaling trees and ladders
0: with chainsaws that's just an absolute no-no. Do our plants go into shock? How does it really impact on them? Well, it, it does. You'll
1: probably get some new growth coming back out of them. It is nature's way of pruning the plants in a way. What the, the most damage that is done is by plants that have been tipped over and you know slightly uprooted by that. So you can uh, try and get those plants back into position. You need to get uh, some star pickets or some you know very heavy uh, hardwood stakes, and you know try and stake those plants back. Don't use rope or wire because it will surely cut into the plant and do more damage yet again and just make the plant unhappier you need to get some jute webbing uh, or even you know some of those tie down straps that you see and and put those carefully around the plant and then maneuver the plant back into position now you need to try and keep it there for about six months for the root system to re-establish itself and after that, you can start to let that uh, let that uh, tie off uh, because you don't want any uh, you know fungal diseases or any uh, rot happening in under where It's been tied back, and if you're lucky, it it might have uh, you know rerooted and taken hold again. Uh, also important, I think we we're talking to one of our first callers about trying to reduce some of that weight on the uh, the heavy side of the tree.
0: Now, Dave's with this, He's got a red fungus in his
1: yard since the storm. Dave, that sounds uh, almost uh, alien. How can we help you?
3: It does. G'day, Scott. Um... Look, I don't know if it's got anything to do with the amount of rain, but down in my backyard I've had some things that have come through that look like asparagus but they're they I think they're fungi, they're red with some sort of green top on them. Are they're they hollow tube.
1: Are they reaching over to try and bite you, mate?
3: No <laughs> <laughs> No, they're not triffids. <laughs>
1: So we were talking to, uh, to uh, another David up uh, from Nelson's Bay before about his friend Japani, and it's going to be the same story for, for you, Dave. Uh, you yep. need to get some copper spray or some Manco Plus and just go okay. down and drench that area. What you'll find is yep. over a couple of days, they'll start to wither away and just die back down into the soil. And if you've drenched it uh, with a watering can in that area, it will actually kill all the spores that are in, in the soil for you as well. So it, it won't come back for you.
3: Thanks, Scott. I'd say I've just got a new puppy and, um, uh, she's most attracted to him, but.
1: <laughs> we can hear her in the uh, background, mate.
3: <laughs> yeah, she's biting my ankles. Just one more quick one, Scott. Yep. I lost a fringe of panic too, mate, in the storm, and yep. I've just snapped off a couple of the, um, the branches and stuck them in some dirt. Is that. Trying, you know, propagate a couple of new plants out of it.
1: You can certainly do that. Uh, most people say to uh, let them dry out for a couple of weeks, just leave them sitting on, oh. on the soil, and then when you're going to do it, don't put them into a really heavy soil mix. Try and get into a more of a free draining mix. So, like a, a, you can actually get a propagation mix and whack okay. them into a couple of pots of that. Uh, make sure they're nice and propped up so they're not going to, you know, tip around. Uh, then, yep. look, I'd leave them in there for a considerable amount of time because you're about to go into winter. They're not really going to grow. It wouldn't be into you know march or april next year where their root systems probably come down enough and you'll be able to ah. see it coming out through the bottom uh, holes in the pots often you can see the the fine yep. white roots coming down there that's when you take it out of the pot and replant it in the ground for you
0: thank you so much not a problem mate you have a good afternoon thank you bye-bye as we go out to Kays beach guess who we got on the line for you scott the three davids oh this is a hat trick <laughs> you there david
3: Uh, Yes, I'm David from KC
0: Yes, it's a hat trick mate, we've had
1: three Davids now
3: Yeah, Um, I had some roses that were battered around in the storm and so I've pruned them prematurely uh, and I've got cuttings, when should I plant them and how should I plant them?
1: So you're going to try and restrike those cuttings are you David? Yes so w- when you actually plant a rose as a cutting, you have to keep it for a considerable amount of time in the pot. I've been told about a year uh, it's not something that you can you know try and pull back out after three or four months. You really need to see that the roots have gone down to the bottom of the pot and it's taken root because it, it's uh, you know it's a very fragile little creature there once you know once you've taken those cuttings. So again, I'd go and grab a propagation mix. Uh, because you need a nice free-draining mix. You just don't want the cutting to be sitting in a really heavy mix and just rotting away before the roots can come out and actually take use of that that moisture that's in the soil. So a propagation mix for you and some pots. Uh, Leave them in a nice, you know, well-lit spot. Don't keep them in the shade. And uh, then uh, wait about a year, pop one of them out and see if it's rooted properly, and off you go from there. If it hasn't, try and stick it back in and leave it for another period of time and just keep on testing them to see if their root system's spread out and it's robust for you.
3: So I should uh, plant them now then?
1: Yeah, most definitely. You can't just leave them. Uh, it's not like a frangipani. Uh, with the rose, you need to get them into the soil and uh, trying to get going uh, with that cutting straight away. All right, that's fine. Okay,
0: appreciate it, David. Okay,
1: thank you. Thank you.
0: And joining us from Singleton, Maureen. Yes, hello. Hi, hey, Maureen. How can we help you today?
2: Oh, my niece sent me <laughs> <laughs> some rose seeds. Yes. They're commercial. <laughs> Yes. And when do I plant them?
1: You can plant them, well, you can plant them now if you want to. I always find with roses, we prune them back in the middle of the year, but they shoot back on quite well, you know, there's no problem with them, they they look perfect. I would plant if you've got the rose seeds. I would say plant them now if you wanted to. Otherwise, you'd probably wait until we got right through to spring again to pop them in. So when yes. you when you plant, don't plant them very deep in the soil. In a nice, uh, you know, light mix. Get a, go get a propagation mix again, like we were we we're talking about, or a seed raising mix. Yes, I've got that. You don't have to put them very deep. Probably only about uh, you know half an inch or so. So it's only just like a little press uh, down into the soil, and then uh, just keep on watering them every couple of days to germinate. That's seed And you should get them coming up. Uh, like we were talking to uh, David before, uh, he's going to do his from uh, cuttings. You have to let them uh, sit for quite some time and let that root system develop um, when you're doing roses. Young roses don't like to be moved around. Yeah,
2: okay, I've never heard of <laughs> planting oh. seeds.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, but the reason you don't see uh, you know roses being planted from seed very often is because it, it, it's uh, you can get variation. So people like you know they've they found the you know the perfect. Uh, Princess Di Monaco Or the you know the the, the, the perfect uh, Mr Lincoln And so they want to keep on Replicating that exact rose And that's why they take cuttings And grow from cuttings And the other thing they do with roses Is that they uh, graft them onto a, onto a wild rootstock So you get a much more vigorous rose So when you're growing from seed Or just from cutting alone The plant might not be as vigorous You might get some variation in the uh, plant When you're growing from seed Not from when you're growing from cutting uh, So you might get slight variation But that's the the weird and wonderful world of nature And how we
0: get, um, you know, things changing And we've got Jan joining us right now from Lambton Gardens
3: Yes, thanks
0: How can we help you, Jan?
3: I've got two problems One is I have a camellia, it's in a pot Yes And its leaves have got a brown spot on it And it's losing its leaves Yes That's one Okay so uh, do you
1: want to answer that I'll, one I'll first? Go, I'll go for that one first and then we'll go for the second one. I, I, don't overload me. You know what happens then. I just go into a meltdown. Yeah, well, you <laughs> may, you,
3: your brain's probably a bit
1: waterlogged too. It. <laughs> it just fries all the time. It's not, so the waterlogging stopped it from frying on me. Oh, now, with, with your camellias, it sounds like you've got a scale on there of some sort. How big are the little spots that you've got?
3: Uh, a little bit
1: bigger than a pinhead yeah, so it does sound like you 've got scale. You need to use a product called anti scale, and yes. that just needs to be uh, sprayed all over the uh, the leaves of the plant and and uh, misted back up in underneath as well because you can get them uh, in underneath the uh, the plant as well so we 're talking uh, to uh, Wendy um, earlier on she 's got the same problem with her plants with so that, that scale coming on there, so okay. it 's very important that you get rid of the scale because what can happen is that uh, you can get a, a secondary fungal in infection as well when the ants come up to feed from the uh, the uh, you know the The residue from the scale and then you get all this this problem it just starts to snowball and it gets worse and worse for the plant and eventually it does get quite unhappy and die. Uh, When you go and buy that product anti-scale Jan just take a couple of the leaves with the insect on it so that uh, when you take it to the garden center they can have a look and just verify that um, what I've said is correct. Right. Okay, your second problem.
3: Well, I have a ficus, figus, ficus?
1: Yes, ficus, In yeah. a pot, yes. which has
3: been in it for years and years and been there really happily. Yeah. And then yesterday, it just sort of dropped its leaves, most of them.
1: Oh, dear. Is it the sort of big, you know, ficus tree... Um pig tree that uh, fell over in Layman Street, for instance, is that?
3: I don't think it's that big. This has been in the same pot, so it's probably bonsai for about twenty odd years.
1: Yeah, so don't don't go and plant that in the ground because they will get. Um, you know yeah, really I have
3: no intention of really of big
1: like that and fall over. Um, so what uh, what happens with ficus is sometimes they don't like a cold snap. Yeah. Or the other thing that could happen with it is that uh, is it out in the weather where it gets rain going through it?
3: Well, it's actually got a saucer under it because it's on a. a uh, um, tiles and I didn't want it going into the tiles.
1: Yeah, good idea. Yeah.
3: And it's been there forever, but when I looked at it yesterday, the saucer was full, so I emptied the saucer out and lifted it up a bit out of the saucer. Yeah. But um, it just all of a sudden they just lost them.
1: I'd check to make sure that the drain hole is working properly because if it is so root bound in the pot, it could have yeah. just filled up with water, and that would make it very, very unhappy very yeah. quickly. So, I, is it is it a pot that you can actually pull the the fig out and give it a root prune? Is that something you can? I do? I
3: probably could because the pot's got a big split in
1: it. So right, well, that, look, that sounds like an ideal time to to pull the fig out. Just tip the pot on its side and drag yeah. the fig out. Grab a, a pruning saw and just go, or a spade and just go and give a good old hack around at the root system.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: and then get some, you know, a new pot, some new potting mix and yep. replant that. Uh, give it a light prune, take about a third of it off just to give it a tidy up because it will be a little bit stressed if you give it a root prune like that. Yeah. And then it should come back great guns for you. You'll have a, a much happier plant that will probably go on another twenty years for you. Yeah, well
3: it's been wonderful where it is. It, and my garden has to look after itself, so it's done really
1: well. <laughs> the, the main thing is, I've seen so many people go and plant them in the ground. They've had them in a pot. Oh, no and way. they become this enormous tree. So uh, make sure you don't no fall for, for that mistake. <laughs> okay. and, and the other thing I see as well, like you said, that they'll grow down through the pavers as well into the soil. And all of a sudden they take off and they're doing damage as well. So you've done the right thing there with your saucer Jan.
0: But Mariola's with us now from Broadmeadow. Hi, Mariola. How can we help you today? Oh, no, sorry, it's Marcia from Toronto. Oh, Marcia, how can we help you? I hope it is. is you there, Marcia? Yes. There you go. Oh, are. Marcia, how can
2: what we help you? Help you? Yes. Um, I have a Bangalore palm. Yes. Um, It's about four metres high and it's on a little bit of a slope, just, I guess, a 45 degree slope. Um, and it's gone over with the wind and it's leaning on the fence, which is up the high side of the slope. So it still has half of its roots. Embedded and not disturbed at all um, Is it worth giving it some time And bracing it up with some star posts And some earth and you know Or is it was a
1: Complete waste of time No, Look look It's it's never a Complete waste of time When you've got Plants that have Been damaged by the Storm like this Unless they're Completely you know Torn over and They're horizontal uh, That's that's when it's You know you're Not going to have Much luck with them But certainly You can give it a Try You can't There's no Guarantees with it But you can Brace it back Like I said Using the star Posts uh, Using a nice uh, Thick wide Jute webbing So you're not putting Pressure or Cutting into the Plant But then you Have to leave it In place for A considerable Amount of time uh, You know I, I would suggest just six months and then slowly if you're seeing the plant and you know it has recovered and it's still growing after that six months then it's time to start reducing uh, that pressure off the uh, off the braces and try and get it back under control uh, if you want to use some uh, soil around the top if it's displaced the soil uh, certainly do that as well and then just make sure you're watering the plant well because uh, the root system has been damaged and it will be a little bit stressed uh, give it a go uh, marsha I you know there's no guarantees but if you do it sensibly and you Waited, you know, a considerable period of time, like the six months. Then every chance is that the plant will come back for you.
0: And we've got Mariola with us right now. Oh, now we've lost her. Let's try another line. This is Susan. I hope, hello, Susan.
2: Oh, good afternoon.
0: How can we help you, Susan?
2: I have about half a dozen phalaenopsis orchids. Yes. From a miniature to proper ones, and the leaves are either turning yellow and just withering. Yes. Or they're, they're becoming very droopy and crinkled and
1: Oh that that doesn't sound too good. Uh, I know. Where where are they? Have you got them inside or are they
2: They're well I call it the garden room. Okay. It's, uh, it's just a nice warm very humid
1: um sunroom type thing that sounds perfect because they do like they do like to grow in those humid conditions uh when they start to go crinkly like that of and they will yellow off as well i found that they you know they don't like being in uh, a lot of water they like to be very free draining that's why the mix that they're put into is that heavy bark mix or sometimes you see with vermiculite or even foam in there and so it needs to be quite well draining uh just make sure that all your the holes are uh, you know you're not they're not sitting in sources of water that's an important thing uh And and that's probably uh, the only thing that you can try with the Phalaenopsis orchid. If they've been growing successfully in that position for some time, uh, then that should, you know, leave them in that position and uh, let them be, just make sure that they're not sitting in a lot of water.
0: All O. Thank you for your calls. We're out of time. Thank you so much. Another big day today, Scott. It has been. It's been fantastic. That's our gardening talk back at 2NURFM.